If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Do you believe in segregation? Would you ever join with white supremacists, Nazis? I would hope 
Sincerely, the answer to the first question is no, you don't believe in segregation. And I dang sure hope the answer to the second question is no, you would never be a Nazi. But do you think all the people in the past who have wrongly believed in segregation were inherently evil? Do you think they were born evil, even if they turned out that way? Do you think every Nazi, every, I mean, the worst Nazi you can imagine, Himmler. Do you think Himmler was evil when he came out of the womb? Prisons are a funny thing. Maybe funny is not the right way to describe that. Prisons are a fascinating thing to me. To everybody, I guess, because look, they're all over pop culture, movies, TV shows about them, books, because we are fascinated by them. Not just prisons here, prisons across the globe, prisons throughout history. You know, the book, Crime and Punishment. Locking someone up in a cell, torture, capital punishment, all these things. We find these things to be fascinating. And one of the things I have always found fascinating about them, one of the many, many things I've always found fascinating about them is how isolation how it affects other human beings, how devastating it is on human beings. And another big thing I like or find fascinating is, and this is going to sound terrible and doom and gloom, I don't mean to sound it that way, how hopeless it is. What a difficult task it is trying to figure out what the right thing to do is when it comes to prisoners. People complain all the time, endlessly, about our criminal justice system. That's too harsh. It's too soft. It's too this. It's too that. And what's amazing about it, and I'm not saying it could be both those things. I don't know. Every society in history has struggled with that. It's just something people struggle with. Why? Because sometimes there aren't good answers to questions. There aren't. What if I were to tell you maybe segregation in the United States prison system was a good thing? Let me explain. You've heard of the Aryan Brotherhood, no doubt. If you haven't, here's what you should know. It started in California in the 60s. We'll get back to that in a moment. But as of today, the Aryan Brotherhood, the white prison gang, they account for only about 1% of the prison population in the federal system, and they account for 25% of the murders. That is astounding. Absolutely astounding. You've heard of supermax prisons, 
almost undoubtedly you've heard of a supermax prison. You know, there was always maximum security prison, maximum security that. Now they have supermax prisons like the ADX. It's like the most secure prison in the United States of America. It's in Colorado. We're talking 23 hours a day locked up by yourself. They let you out for an hour still by yourself in a cage outside. You are, you are the worst of the worst. You're unfit to be around other human beings. Do you know why we have supermax prisons? The Aryan Brotherhood. Responsible for creating a brand new class of prison system. Now, how did they even come to be? Well, back in the 1960s, we desegregated the prison system. Which, on its surface, again, you always need to ask questions. Especially when something sounds nice. When something sounds nice and kind and tolerant and when all your friends nod in approval, oh, oh, that sounds good. Oh, I like that. When all of society says, ooh, that's not obviously the right move, that is a great time for you to pause and go, wait a minute. And so when I say desegregation, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about a, a restaurant in the deep south that didn't let black people eat there, which is disgusting. But desegregating the prison system is a little different. You see, they desegregated the prison system in the 50s. And, well, there's not another way to put it. Prisons, prisoners, they operate on the most base level of human psychology. The most base level. There's extreme violence there, but there's extreme honesty there with how human beings associate with each other and with other human beings. And human beings, human beings, one, they want power over other human beings. They want to dominate. Two, they don't want to be dominated. They want to be protected. They want to feel safe. And three, Human beings will find other people in their area similar to themselves and they will join together. Oftentimes, that's a skin color thing. As weird as that sounds to so many of us, oftentimes that's a fact. Oftentimes it's religion. Religion's a big one. You, you, you Jews, don't you associate with other Jews? Yes, Chris, I'm talking about you. Christians out there, you Christians, don't, don't you have lots of Christians in your friend circle? Maybe it's exclusively your friend circle, so it's not always skin color. Maybe you're just a hardcore political person. You Republicans out there, aren't most of your friends Republicans? Go to the local precinct committee meeting with you, work on a campaign, Democrats, same thing. People associate with others who are like them. You desegregate the prison system. All of a sudden you have all, all the Hispanic groups and black groups and white groups and everybody, everybody joins together. And what does the prison system look like in the 1960s? Well, because of 
so much poverty and crime in the black community and Hispanic community back then, and undoubtedly some racial injustice in the criminal justice system, uh, what percentage of the prison population is white versus what is black versus what is Hispanic? Yeah. The white guys are all of a sudden are the minority in prison. They are the minority. It's one of the reasons I find this to be so fascinating when you look at prison gangs. They are not only the minority, they are dominated and abused. And in a prison system surrounded by violent killers, you really, really, really do not want to be on the bottom rung of the ladder. Really do not want to be. So, what happened? Well, I'll explain. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You know your home security system doesn't have to be complicated and expensive, right? That's the old days. That's 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I've got to line up an appointment and they've got to come out. You can go online right now on your phone if you want to and order your new security system. And no, it's not some junky one. It's incredible. It's simply safe. Simply Safe is monitored 24/7 by a professional and they have emergency emergency dispatch and it starts at 50 cents a day. 50 cents a day. Have you even priced the other security companies? 50 cents a day is absurd. Go to simplysafe.com/jesse. That's simplysafe.com/jesse and when you do that, that gets you free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Go to simplysafe.com slash jesse. You see, the white guys were getting ganged up on in the prison system. They start getting together. They start realizing, man, we have small numbers here. We had better stick together and form our own gang. Now, this part I find to be fascinating, and I wish we we need to get a prison psychologist or someone on to describe this. Someone has to break this down for me. Why... Nazism. I, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bagging on, and that's kind of why I opened the show so darkly. Could you ever find yourself being a Nazi? Well, no, but I got to be honest. If I found myself in prison getting the daylights beaten out of me every day and somebody threatening my life, and the only hope I had was joining with a couple buddies over here, probably have to kind of go along with whatever they're doing, right? That's how this works, you realize. We have all these guys now. I saw this fascinating interview with a former Aryan Brotherhood guy named Michael Thompson. And they all talk about it for the same reasons. They all are like, I mean, I wasn't some Nazi. I joined and I was scared to death. (laughs) I'd like to not be beaten up anymore. But why, if you're a bunch of white dudes getting together, I always found that weird. 
Maybe it just means I, I don't like Nazis. Thank goodness, Chris. But I always found that weird. Why Nazism? It's such an odd thing to rally around. I could see the white guys gathering together. All right, the black guys got together. The Mexican guys got together. Well, I should be more specific. The northern Mexicans got together and the southern Mexicans got together. It's very The prison gang system is fascinating. Very, very fascinating. So I get that they came together. My question was always, why Nazism? I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. But maybe it comes down to simply this. Getting together for protection is understandable, but it's not enough. You have to have, or at least feel like you have, some other higher meaning, some other thing that binds you together And I don't know why we humans need it, but don't we need it? Remember the Aztecs we talked about? How obviously they were a tribe. They were, you know, what what we would consider an Indian tribe of Mexico before the Spanish came in and wiped them out. And like so many of the other Indian tribes of Mexico, they they were warlike. Some were peaceful, but they were very warlike. And their, their culture was absolutely horrid. And I have no issue saying that. I don't care when people get mad at me for stuff like that. They sacrificed humans by the thousands, including children who they'd make to cry first. So it's absolutely horrid. But why? Somebody, somewhere, when they got together for protection in the beginning of that tribe, and we'll never know the reasons because it was so long ago, but when they got together, they decided, well, we've got to rally around something. Why don't we cut someone's heart out? It's such a bizarre thing, isn't it? But people choose some really crazy things to rally around. So I always wondered about that, about Nazism, what the purpose of that was. But they start their own Aryan Brotherhood Nazi thing in the 60s in the California penitentiary. And almost immediately, because they are still small in number, they focus on extreme violence. They focus on making sure their guys are extremely strong. They have workout programs. They have a constitution. They have a form they have to sign. I'm not making this up, saying you will die if you leave. You will obviously die if you rat on somebody. You will die if you're given an order and don't carry it out. There's a lot of dying. And they are so violent, and they do things like when they kill a guy, they cut his head off. Things like that because they feel like they need to be. And, well, they're just naturally violent anyway. And the prison system quickly realizes as this spreads, they have an issue. Now you've got Aryan Brotherhood guys in California and Aryan Brotherhood guys in Texas. These are state prison systems. The one of Texas is called the ABT. They're still around today. 
and you realize you have a real issue with this new Nazi movement in prison, they are dominating and they are also assaulting and killing prison guards. Now you have to figure out what to do with them. Well, what do you do? What's a good solution if your state prison system is being overrun, being pushed around by these guys? Well, Somebody had the brilliant idea. Let's move the really bad problematic guys to the more secure federal prison system. Makes sense, right? Does it, though? Can you see, can you take a quick moment before I elaborate and wonder, can you figure out why it would be a problem to move somebody like, oh, Barry Mills, who's one of the big, big, big-time Aryan Brotherhood leaders, can you see why it would be a problem to move that man from a state system to the federal system while your time is up? Did you destroy the ideology before you moved him to the federal system? What do you think he's going to do when he gets to the federal system? Yeah. Now you've just moved the AB from just a state regional thing to the federal system and the federal system goes all over the country. You've taken the virus from just being in your finger and injected it into your heart. Now it's across the nation. I should mention while we're on the subject, I say they're separate, you know, Aryan Brotherhood of California, Aryan Brotherhood of Texas, the federal AB. They're, they're very much allies and friends. They're not, it's not as if they're enemies. They just have separate, you know, leadership structures. And you've moved them now in the federal system. Well, here's what happens as we move along. Other prisoners fear them. Other prison gangs fear them. Prison guards fear and loathe them. There's this terrible story, and I'm not going to give you the names and stuff like that, because I... I don't like doing that sometimes about this Aryan Brotherhood guy being marched from the showers back to his cell, walks up to another cell, sticks his hands in the cell where the guy in the cell had a handcuff key, undoes his cuffs, lifts up his shirt, has a shank in his underwear. The AB guy pulls it out, kills the first prison guard and more almost almost mortally wounds the other two. That's what they do. And that guy got a big fat promotion when he did it. So other prison prisoners are scared of him. Prison gangs are scared of him. Prison guards are scared of him. And a funny thing happened when it comes to this gang. A thing that is going to sound very, very familiar to anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time. What generally happens when a group of people get together for protection for whatever reason and this group of people figure out that they have a lot of power? What generally happens every single time? Well, eventually, well, I'll explain in a sec.
You need some Raycon earbuds. I was never an earbud guy, and this is why I wasn't an earbud guy, because I had owned two or three pair before, and they're uncomfortable. They stink to wear around, they're uncomfortable, and they're expensive, so I just kind of wrote them off, and then I had friends start telling me, hey, man, you should try the Raycons, you should try the Raycons, and initially I was just, oh, no, I just, no, I'm not earbuds, I'm not earbuds. Finally, they convinced me, go get yourself some Raycons. One, they cost like half of the other expensive earbuds. Two, they've officially made me an earbud guy, at least if they're Raycon earbuds, because they're so comfortable in my ears. And they're not big and gaudy. They're just these little things fit right in your ears. I can wear them walking. I can wear them driving. I wear. I can wear them jogging if I want. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off your earbuds. Racial stuff gets ugly. It's extremely ugly. And once the Aryan Brotherhood got powerful enough, about the 1990s, they started looking around and realizing, why don't we just start making a bunch of money? And it's wild to me more people don't know about this, but they are behind prison bars, what you think the American mafia is out here. They run the drug trade and things like that. You know, John Gotti, the famous Teflon Don, who's dead now. I think he died of throat cancer. The famous Teflon Don gets sent to federal prison. At one point gets in some kind of altercation with a black prisoner. I forget the guy's name. I think it was Walter Johnson. That might not be right. John Gotti gets beaten up. Apparently this dude was huge, gigantic, and scary. John Gotti reportedly paid the Aryan Brotherhood between three and 400000 to kill this guy in retribution. The second prison officials found out about it, they removed the guy and sent him out to a protective custody place. This huge dude, they were like, oh, he's going to die. Let's, uh, let's help him. Then guess who John Gotti paid for protection for the rest of his time? Very, very, very powerful. And then, according to the rumors, Gotti helped the Aryan Brotherhood set up networks, smart criminal enterprises outside of the prison system because once you get powerful enough, you look around and decide you can make a lot of money even once you're gone. Saw an interview with the guy. He said he was talking about the Aryan Brotherhood of Texas. And one of the major, major highways for you people not in Texas is I-35, especially through Dallas. It cuts right through the heart of it, I-35. He said if you stopped off and got anything illegal off I-35 for a long period of time, drugs, prostitutes, whatever it may be, That money was going in my pocket. They controlled entire sections of major highways. You see, so often, so often, 
a crushed, scared minority of the population can and will join together understandably for protection. Their hardships and their minority status will create hard men. Those hard men will begin to rise because they're hard men. Hard men rise and soft men fall. But we're all seeking power in the end, every single one of us, as a human species. It is the nature of the beast. And eventually that powerful minority of the Aryan Brotherhood grew into a monster. A monster they still can't control to this day. Really funny, a couple fascinating things that I found as I was digging into all this stuff. One, they call themselves Aryan Brotherhood and Nazis, and their biggest partner is the Mexican Mafia. (laughs) They call them La M.A. They're one of, of, if not the biggest population-wise prison gangs out there. And the Serenos, that's the Southern Mexicans. And the Sinaloa Cartel. And the Hells Angels. I guess Barry Mills, one of the founding members of the Aryan Brotherhood, or I should say one of the guys who got it big. He was huge. He had a huge fascination with Vikings in prison and uh, outlaw bikers and things like that. Their big rivals, the Aryan Brotherhood's big rivals, are the Black Gorilla family, the BGF. We need to do a show on the Black Gorilla family at one point. They started long ago, decades ago. They're a black Marxist-Leninist movement, a black power movement, kind of like a Black Panther type thing. But isn't it so weird and funny how all these ideologies merged? Wait, there's a black Marxist-Leninist movement? Another rival of the Aryan Brotherhood is the Nuestra Familia. That's the northern Mexicans in the Norteños. Those are... Those are mainly California groups, the Bloods and the Crips and so on and so on. But I find the race divide of the prison system to be very revealing of human nature, the ugly part of human nature, because nobody wants that, right? I mean, I would hope. I certainly certainly hope. I mean, I guess there's always a chance you do. Maybe you need to examine your heart a little bit, but... The race divide of human nature. And I see the direction this country is going, and I think it's absolutely horrible, man. I see a new racist being created every single day of every color. I do. I see it. It's right in front of me. I'm starting to hear it. I'm starting to see more white people, more black people say things you'd never thought they'd say a couple months ago because of these horrible tensions. And doesn't it strike you as a little odd and a little gross that all this is coming from what was sold as some kind of inequality movement? What equality? Equality? You can get fired from your job for saying all lives matter. That doesn't sound like equality. The Washington Redskins are changing their name today. It was just announced. They're changing their name. So 
Let me understand this. I'm just trying to understand this here. Are equality, treat every skin color equally movement is going to result in more dead black people in these poor urban neighborhoods as fewer, fewer cops come, fewer cops exist as we defund the police. So black people in these poor neighborhoods already stuck there are already going to be victimized more by the criminals there. So we undoubtedly, without question, nobody can even argue it. At the end of this, we will have worse living conditions for black people and we're going to blot out any references from Indians in pop culture. And that's, that's progress. That's advancement. They took the Indian lady off the Lando Lakes butter box. That's progress. And I hear people say, and it is true. I hear people say things like, well, most black people don't want that. Most Indians don't want that. Yes, but that is the problem. You just nailed the problem. In America, because we have made victim the highest possible calling, we now, we let our most miserable, whiny people run our society. They run our society. It's not as if we're the first nation in the world or the history of the world that has a bunch of malcontents who are always whining about something. Every nation has always had that. The difference is Western society now. It's not just America. Britain's going through it. A lot of people are going through it. Western society has now decided that it's society, that society itself is evil, that Western society is evil, and that the victims should call the shots. That's the problem. We're letting the wrong people call the shots. Ooh, I have I have a couple other things. One of them's really gross when it comes to prison. Hang on a sec. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Quote, I couldn't believe we were being evicted from our home that we did not sell. End quote. That is an actual quote from a lady named Deborah. Do you know why she got evicted from her home? Do you know she didn't do anything wrong? She got evicted from her home because cyber criminals got a hold of her home title, which is online, just like yours. It's online. They took a loan out against it. She ended up being responsible for because it's her home. All of a sudden, she doesn't have a home anymore. I have been warning you time and again about this crime. I've been warning you to go get home title lock now. Please do this. You can use the code Jesse. It gets you 30 free days of it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and get protected. HomeTitleLock.com. 
You know, I don't think I'd ever want to talk into a toilet, but do you know they talk into toilets in prison, Chris? Not even making this up. They scoop the water out of the toilets, and you can talk into the toilet, and if the other guy has the water scooped out of his and he sticks his head into the toilet, he can listen. Isn't that disgusting? And they write each other secret messages on letters with their own pee. I know, Chris, it's gross. So they'll write a letter out, but they don't mean anything in it, and then write a message on the letter in pee with their finger. Ew. They send it to somebody. That somebody warms up the letter, heats up the letter, and the pee reveals the secret message. Might start doing that around the house or something. Disgusting, isn't it? And they have all these codes when they write letters to each other because the commission or the various leadership of the various gangs, there are obviously most of them locked away in heavy, heavy solitary confinement. And they know every letter they give or receive will be read several times over. They say they come up with these advanced codes. And this prison guard I was listening to, he said it's actually hilarious because the federal prison system just brings in the military signals unit and breaks all the codes pretty much right away. <laughs> uh, that's all today. Just kind of a kind of a kind of an odd duck of a day, but I was doing a bunch of prison stuff this weekend and I thought maybe people will find prison gangs and stuff as fascinating as I do. What, Chris? Chris asked what I mean by doing a bunch of prison stuff. No, what happened? See, this is generally, people want to know how the magic happens on the show. And I understand that when you're blown away by this kind of brilliance on a daily basis from the Shogun, it can get easy, you know, it can get really, really easy to get kind of sucked in and wonder, man, he's such a fascinating, brilliant person. What, Chris? He's such an amazing human being. We should figure out how he does it. Um, It's kind of not as impressive as you think. I will have a random thought pop into my head. And so I'll look something up, generally on the internet, or maybe I'll look and see if there's a documentary on it. And I'll start watching. And if it interests me, I just run with it and hope to everything that it also interests you. There is nothing more deep than that. There's nothing more intricate than that. Whenever something pops in my head, I say to myself, oh, that's interesting. And I actually saw a headline about some Aryan Brotherhood guys convicted of murder, whatever it may be. And I got to thinking, wow, that's really fascinating because I find it's, it's not exactly news that Nazism is so awful I'm curious who's attracted to it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that's so terrible. I can see some ideologies being attractive. Honestly, I can see Marxism being attractive to a lot of people. That's why a lot, I can't. On paper, it doesn't look that bad. Now, I think it's the most evil thing ever, and I hate it, but I can see it on paper being not that bad. Nazism? That's just awful. I I don't understand. I guess I don't understand the appeal. I can understand the appeal of a lot of things I hate, like Marxism. 
I don't understand looking at Nazism and thinking, oh, man, that's right. That's absolutely right. I don't know, Chris. Maybe you people just inspire that kind of thing. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> I don't care. That's funny. That's funny. But I, I don't get the appeal. But clearly people do. And while we're on the subject, you know how it was formed. We just went over all that, why it was formed. I see this way of thinking on the right about what comes next after Trump. And I see this because I saw, and it made all kinds of headlines today, that the Brazil's president, I can't say his name, Bolasaros or something like that. Brazil's president, he's this real, you know, nationalist guy, right-wing guy, real nationalist guy, tough-talking dude. He got caught saying privately that masks are, and I quote, for homos. Well, in this day and age, that is a big, big, big deal. As you can imagine, people were furious about it, even though that's kind of a Brazil macho thing. I mean, people were furious about it. And as I looked at it, Not that I encourage you to run around saying the word homos, but as I looked at it, you know what occurred to me? It occurred to me that is the direction the Republican Party is probably going, and this is what I mean by that. The current Republican Party is so weak, too weak to stand up to something like Black Lives Matter by name. Almost inevitably, how many examples of this throughout history can you find? The next version may be even rougher around the edges. Does that make sense? The next version can get real, real rough. If you don't do your job, if you don't step up and protect all the people out there who are scared right now, there is no guarantee that the next guy isn't an absolute monster. Hang on. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it. Until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. 
Visit gcu.edu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.